Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the New Dominion Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sean Kenny with the Republican Standard, sitting opposite my partner in crime, Marty Davis, with the Fredericksburg Advance. Marty, how is your week? Man, my week is just awesome, and we're <laughs> only halfway through it. True, and this is, we're airing this a little bit before, but this will actually drop just about on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Yep. So, there's Merry Christmas to all of our listeners and, and, and all that, and we have over a thousand who uh, actually participate in this little thing we call the New Dominion Podcast. So, thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts for participating in this little experiment we call democracy um marty like what's uh, big news of the week of course is uh you know a lot of things spotsylvania school board ish um particularly our our friend kirk twig oh man spotsylvania school board the gift just keeps on giving to journalism right it's like um, a pinata that wants to be smacked <laughs> right and it just keeps tinkling out like all sorts of goodies that... yeah you know it's great like so today we had a half day at school today and so um and of course it's the last day before the winter holiday so of course I'm not teaching squat, right? Oh, yeah. You nobody's know? learning, nobody's <laughs> teaching. It's great. Right. And so, um, you know, come in and I get the kids doing some stuff and they're going. And, of course, Adele is down at the courthouse covering this covering this uh, plea deal. Mm-hmm. And um, and so she's texting me like every 10 minutes, you know, all oh, the attorney's up. Oh, Kirk's talking. Oh, this is going on. This is going on. And I'm like, what's the plea deal? What's the plea deal? Because you know, no one knows what it is, right? And uh, and then she texts me back and she says, "Okay, I got the story. I'm driving home. What's, What's the, the plea, plea deal?" deal? <laughs> <laughs> and she told me, and I thought, hmm, "That sounds more complicated than I thought." And mm-hmm. so uh, she said, "Yeah, give me just a few minutes. I'll get home. I'll write it up." And I said, "How quickly can you?" I said, "Look, I'm not pressing you, but I'm pressing you. How quickly can you get this thing out?" Right? And she's like. By 11.30. And I said, by 11 would be better. And uh, she said, okay. So she gets home, and then like at 10.58, she says, okay, it's up and ready. So I call it up, scan it through real quick, make sure there's no big errors, hit send. And like 45 minutes later, um, uh, a buddy of mine sends me a text, and he said, you guys were just credited by WMAL for breaking the Kirk Twig plea bargain story. Yep. So – that is so big for us to be the first, you know, I mean, to, to gain the credibility to have WMAL call you out as an authority on news in this region was just, man, sent me over the moon. What sure. a great day and, and what and a great job by Adele. And the only story the advance has broken this year, right? Oh, I mean, no, we've, we've broken a litany of stories. Sure. Um, you know, everything from um, bad ballots um, to, um, oh, gosh, what all have we broken? We've broken quite a <clears throat> Mostly Spotsylvania-oriented. <laughs> it's a lot of Spotsylvania, you know. Like I said, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving to journalism. Sure. Um, but we're, you know, we're able to cover yeah. that first, and we're able to do it right. And uh, obviously with Kirk Twig, it's, uh, you know, I think of the general consensus is that he did indeed commit a felony but they plead pled it down to a misdemeanor yes um he will have to pay ten thousand dollars in restitution yep hopefully to a library fund <laughs> uh no <laughs> it, it, he pays it back to the spotsylvania county schools and let's okay. hope the spotsylvania county schools put it into the library so there we go and then poetic justice and he has to do it within a year and if he does it within a year then his misdemeanor goes away so and if he doesn't he's back in court so yeah so let's uh let's hope this ends well for all parties and we just kind of part ways yeah. and, and move on so and you know you often say sean that uh sort of the the next best thing to winning an election is losing an election for kirk twig uh losing an election may have been the best thing that could happen because actually um the prosecutor uh sent out an email today uh that explained his reasoning for how they plead this thing down and he said that um you know part of the felony um charge was you know holding him accountable and having him taken out of office because if the felon if they had tried it in August like they originally meant to, 
and he had been acute, he had been convicted of a felony, he would have been forced to step out of office. Mm-hmm. Well, they moved the trial to January, right? And so the election comes around, and he loses the election. Had he won the election, the way I read that email, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I, the way I think I'm reading this right, had he won that election, he may well have faced a felony charge. So interesting, you know. So probably a good thing for him that that. Um, or at least the prosecutor was stuck to his guns and 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 argued the felony rather than pled, right? Right. So yeah, that's you know it's it's you know you, you never wish ill in any person's house. You never want to chase anybody to their own ruin. Uh, politics is not beanbag, um, and lawfare is a thing. I get all those things. The flip side, you you do not you know from the die amend a contract without the prior approval of, of, a, of a board. No. Um, and it was it, it, while the cameras are rolling, right? right. Um, I think there's a fiduciary responsibility, not just to the public, but to the taxpayer in that regard. Right. And, you know, we don't do things in the dark. We do things in the light of day. And so long as it's done in the light of day, all things are forgiven. But when we, you know, you know, when we don't attend to our duties, that's where where people get in trouble. So, well, and I mean you know, the old adage in government is, uh, you know, antiseptic is the or sunlight Sunlight's is the, the best, best antiseptic, antiseptic, right? Yep. And so, you know, and let's let's hope that this new board coming in, hint hint, and I know there's a number of them listen to this show every week, right? Mm-hmm. Let's hope this new board remembers that lesson and keep things above board um, and keep it in the sunlight um, and you know not go down the the trail of where we've been. I mean, Loretta Daniels on Monday night was talking at the Spotsylvania County Democratic Committee meeting uh, and talking about how we can't go back, we can't go back, we can't go back. And I agree, and I'm like, that, that's terrific, but let's make sure you don't, right? Because we are going to be right there watching you. Sure. And, and truth be told, I mean, there, there's a number of people who want to go back to the old ways. And it's like, no, I, those old ways did not serve a soul. I mean, you can't go back to those elections, especially in Spotsylvania where Tara Durant wins and guys like Gerald Childress win. Um, you still have a, we're a conservative board. But somehow at the school board level, the Republicans are repudiated. Um, but they weren't repudiated because they were Republicans. They were repudiated because they were crazy they were they were um, just they went wrong. off the rails and so. they and, and you know and the fundamental responsibility of a school board is to to run the school board to, exactly. to care for the for the institution of the school and look if you don't like that institution if you want to do something about it there are other avenues to address that mm-hmm. right get into politics get into public policy uh fund people who are in, i mean I, or volunteer or volunteer <laughs> you know i mean listen <laughs> You know, what a great one. You, you know, if you really don't like the school system and the way things are doing, you know, hey, I'll give you my phone number. You can call me, right? I've got a ton of things I would love to have people volunteer to help me do. Sure. Yeah, we could use all sorts of mentors and things of that nature, sticking around for an hour after school or anything like that, for as much complaining as we do on social media about the state of the world. If everybody rolled up their sleeves and did a little bit of something, right? Right. 80% of the problems of the world would go away well, real you know, quick. A great example of that, uh, Xavier Richardson, uh, well-known name here in mm-hmm. the city, right? Uh, um, and, you know, I see Xavier, um, oh, I don't know, every week, every couple of weeks in the halls of Jay Monroe High School where he graduated, went on to Princeton University, did great things, was doing great things at the Mary Washington Hospital Corporation, mm-hmm. right? And he is in that school every week. And what do I see him doing? I see him pulled out. A bunch of young men who, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he's mentoring these men. I walk past and I hear the things he's talking to these guys about. And I'm like, you know, that's what we need. Yep. Right. I don't I don't need people 
chirping in my ear, and I don't need people criticizing every step I'm doing. I need people in the school saying, you know what, what can I do to help? You know, I can model, I, you know, I came from here and, and, and made a good life for myself. Let me help you do that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, frankly, it's, it's what makes, it's Burkean little platoons, right? That's what we used to have in America, and it's one of those things we've kind of lost. Um, but the good news is that there's a lot of little platoons out there, um, and people who are sitting with us in studio right now who best reflect those values. Oh, Mark. my goodness. Do we have some amazing people here tonight? So, you know, uh, it's, it's um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it out as a high honor and the highest honor, if I can do that tonight. On the high honor end, uh, we have Miriam Brown from Stafford Junction, who just does amazing work around the holidays and all year round, uh, helping kids, helping families with a range of things. And on the on the highest honor scale is the person who is most directly helping her, none other than Santa Claus himself, John Simons, uh, who is also in the studio. So if there are two better people to have in the studio tonight, the person who is dispensing all the goodwill and all the gifts and all the food and all the clothing and everything that, that the great people at Stafford Junction do, and the guy who kind of helps make it possible. What, yeah, what an amazing the spirit duo. of Christmas and then Father Christmas himself. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> How many people get to say I sat next to Santa Claus and, and did a podcast? None, none, none. Of course, for all the good little girls and, and, good, and boys who are listening, this is before the midnight trip. So don't don't be exci- don't terribly excited. But, right. Uh, so first question got to be up for Santa Claus, right? <laughs> best holiday movie of all time, Santa. We got to know what's what's the most realistic and which is the best. What's your favorite? Please the don't Santa say Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Do not say Die Hard. Please don't say Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, uh, I really, really like uh, the Santa Claus. Of course, <laughs> the first one. Yep, very good. So, uh, so, um, so obviously, so Santa, I gotta, I gotta kind of get in here with a little bit of beef. I uh, so 1983, I asked for a computer and you gave me a calculator. If I remember, it was right. five. It hurt. <laughs> 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 what, uh, what happened, man? <laughs> <laughs> Well, in 1983, the calculator was still considered a computer. This is true. So. <laughs> I didn't use it as often as I should, Santa. I apologize. That's probably why I didn't get it, because I didn't deserve it. <laughs> the spirit of the letter. <laughs> Very good. Well, well, Miriam, obviously, you know, in a really direct way, Stafford Junction is, is Santa Claus for so many young young girls and boys out there. Um, and some of the tremendous work that you and Gail and others do, um, just absolutely amazing stuff. I mean, I think we, we couldn't have been more happy with the Frederick Advance to help you guys. Um, tell us about what you do. I mean, specifically, you know, I mean, with the gifts and then the Thanksgiving, oh, not Thanksgiving, but Christmas turkeys um, and hopefully Christmas hams and things of that nature that you're handing out right now. But, um, you know, some of the things that you guys are doing right now for the community and then, you know, talk a little bit about Stafford Junction writ large. How did you guys get started? Um, all the other amazing things you do because it's a great story well i can give you a little bit of background about stafford junction i've myself i've only been there for three years but uh, stafford junction has been around for over 20 years and it started out in one neighborhood here at old forge and it just kind of grew out of the need of um, helping out the community that was going through 
different issues dealing with poverty and dealing with maybe some drug abuse and crime and they just kind of wanted to figure out a way to help and one of the best ways is to get in touch with the youth and kind of give them the support they need so they can help grow their community and make it better so that's where it started our focus is mainly kids so from kindergarten through high school and just um, mainly tutoring, being there, mentorship, um, giving them opportunity opportunities that they otherwise would not have, like summer camps. A lot of the parents can't afford to send their kids to summer camps, so we provide that free of cost. And um, just getting them engaged with activities that they normally would not be able to do and social activities where it's a safe environment, they're learning, they're having fun. And at the same time, we want to help out the family as a whole when this is the season where we're at our busiest. So we really appreciated your help. And um, this year has been um, huge. The need has grown. And I'm sure everybody has seen needs grow all around the community. So during the holidays, what we do is we provide holiday meals through um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. We um, have uh, like a basic um, meal. So a family can provide a basic holiday meal with the sides, the dessert. And instead of having whole turkeys, which we tried, and it's not <laughs> the best idea for logistical reasons. We started giving out a $25 Walmart restricted gift cards that are good for turkeys, hams, or produce. So oh, good. Oh, wow. We've got it down to a science now after a I'm couple of years. I'm all about the Christmas hams. I'm still like, yeah, it, it, Mrs. Kenny, unfortunately, is not a big fan of Christmas ham at all, um, or Easter ham or Thanksgiving ham or any kind of ham product whatsoever. <laughs> just like, I think it's like so essential to a Christmas. And I don't know. I keep getting vetoed on hams, but hams are great. To, but, to each of their own. They, exactly. They, they. Exactly. Exactly. But that, that's also, so how many, how many, how many families do you help every year? So this year we had a total of 120. So oh 120 meals um, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then on the gift side, we had 145, 46 children, and uh, we were able to cover all the meals and all the gifts this year. So it's always right down to the line at the end of the year because it's kind of a first-come, first-serve, and according to the donations or the people that we get to step in to provide these angel gifts. So we're always worried, but... This uh, year, and like the past two years we've been doing this, we've been able to cover everyone. So That's awesome. So so apart from, obviously, we get the Christmas time, you're doing these gifts. Like, you mentioned mentorship programs and things of that nature. Like, what, um, you know, like, like, like what, what is that like and, and the number of students that you help and, and things of that nature? That, that's, that seems really unique. So our main program is called Brain Builders, and that takes place throughout the school year. And we do have some on-site at some of our local elementary schools. And then we have um, sessions on-site or at our facility. And it's once a week for certain schools, twice a week for our middle school. We work with Drew Middle. We work with Moncure, Falmouth, Conway, Rocky Run, and Stafford High School. 
So we've been doing our best to kind of get back into it after COVID. COVID mm -hmm. was a kind of a slow period for us where everything kind of shut down. So we're in the rebuilding stage right now. And luckily, we've been able to do pretty well this year as far as rebuilding. So we're excited about that. But looking into the future, we're kind of looking to expand because we're just limited in certain things, such as transportation. So we, tr we try to um, have at least 15 to 20 kids at each location. Sure. Yeah, so you you mentioned earlier, like in terms of like uh, we were talking off off mic, but like uh, in terms of COVID, pre COVID, you're doing all these sorts of things. COVID arrives, and now you're have these additional duties and responsibilities. And then COVID gets better, and yet um, there's fewer resources to do certain things, and yet you're kind of asked to do this double lift. We talked a little bit about transportation. Could you give me that an example, really, of like 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 where like you had a resource, and now that resource is struggling a bit? Right. For example. For our brain builders program, we used to have access to the after-school activity buses, mm -hmm. and they would provide transportation, so we didn't necessarily have to have a cap on the number of students um, because of transportation. But now there's so many issues that the county's dealing with, they can't really help us with that transportation, so that's something that's now fallen on us. So we're either trying to find funding to kind of hire out. Like for summer camp, it's about $5,000 for transportation for us. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, um, so that's a big chunk of that budget for us. So we're, that's definitely our number one. And how, uh, how many students do you send to the summer camp? Summer camp, we have about um, 40 to 60. We have several different camps. So we do some STEM camps. Oh, wow. We do the, uh, with the Stafford County Sheriff's Office, the sports camps. And then we do like the elementary kids, K through third. And then we have another session for the older kids, third through fifth. So, you know, the amazing thing is, um, you know, Christmas is a, a time when people think about giving. And, 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 and as we, you know, as we all kind of learned, um, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when, the, you know, when the call came out and Sean wrote a, a really lovely appeal for folks to um to um you know to help you folks out and our readers uh you know hats off to our readers sean they yeah. really stepped up way to go guys uh so proud of our readers stepping up uh but you, know, you just you were describing the transportation needs you were you describing the summer camp needs and the things that you do year round and sort of the importance of you know um we're so appreciative of everything people do this time of year but don't forget this stuff when January rolls around, because the need doesn't go away, what what kind of operating budget do you guys have? What, what you know, what kind of help do you need from donors throughout the year? So we're a very small nonprofit. So right now, actually, our um, capital campaign will be coming to the an end at the end of the year, and this is um, what we do yearly to kind of get most of our funding. And this year, our goal was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars which doesn't sound like a lot for all the stuff we do, but uh, this is the most um, that we've tried to kind of gather during this time. And we're up to about 120, so we're almost there. Okay. So we're, we're calling it successful so far. But uh, we do rely also on funding from several different organizations mm -hmm. and grants. And um, unfortunately, I think it's been the same for many other organizations everything has been reduced. All yeah. budgets have been slashed. So we're kind of looking to diversify. So we're going to have to rely more on our 
donors. But what a what a great message, right? I mean, um, you know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? But you're right with the with delivering the kinds of programs that you folks are doing. I mean, you talk about bang for the buck. I mean, my goodness, you guys are taking a little bit of money and you are stretching it just about as far as it can possibly be stretched, right? I mean, that's sort of at the core of what a, a nonprofit is supposed to do, right? Um, so, you know, good on you guys for, for doing that. And, you know, another great reason to keep supporting you guys throughout the year. And we do a lot with the little and, um, you know, our, our main focus is to make sure that nobody has to ever pay for any of our programs. That's a hundred percent. We don't charge for books, for transportation, for meals, nothing. And I imagine there's a lot of volunteer hours that get kicked in with that as well. Yes. Right? We rely solely on volunteers since we're a very small staff. So we have four or five people in our office. So um, that's another huge thing for us besides the monetary donations, people just donating their time. Well, that's, I mean, that's not to be underestimated, right? I mean, you know, uh, so, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people around here, uh, and we've talked a lot about this around this table in terms of food, in terms of housing, and all of it. I mean, people are struggling right now, and um, there are a lot of people who would love to be able to give money. They can't, and you know, the the tough part of it is that sometimes in our society, if you can't give money, people tend to feel a little bit of shame. But you can give something much more important than money, right? I mean, you can show up, give you guys a call, and uh, my goodness, the impact of there is multiplied a hundredfold over two, right? Right, and then, um, even the people in our programs, that's a huge part. Um, they come to us for help, and we help them out, and then in return, they volunteer their time whenever they can. So we have a lot of them come back for summer for volunteering and also throughout the year for Brain Builders. So it's a tough time of year, and it's easy to kind of focus on the bad. But, you know, John, I want to ask you, you know, you get you get one of the best jobs in the world, right? I mean, you get to, <laughs> you get to ride down the street here in December and, and have – you know, I don't know how many thousands of people. I mean, Corey, Megan, you guys probably have a better idea of how many how many people show up for these, this Christmas parade every year. It's huge. Yeah, I think um, I think it was like twenty twenty five hundred this year. Wow. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty it gets pretty dense. You know, so you get the joy of you know riding on that sleigh and meet, and of course everyone loves you when you come down the road, right? But um, you know, it's it's easy to get stuck on the bad. But you know, talk about the importance of giving joy and you know, sort of what yeah. that's like for you. You've been doing this for a long time, over forty years, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, started out doing it for my kids, and ever since, I just keep trying to give back to the kids. Uh, it's all about the kids, and I really love it. Uh, uh, every year, I, I make a point to walk backwards down the uh, uh, down the line on Caroline Street, to so I can see everybody I don't get to see in the parade, <laughs> and um, just visit with everybody and look at the smiles on their face, and they're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, by the time I get to the sleigh, I'm up now. <laughs> I can really get ready to go, but uh, yeah, it's all about the kids. Um, you just look in their eyes, and and some of them you can just see right into their soul. You know, it. Um, I, I I can't explain it uh, for real, but it's it's there. Um, um, and even parents, uh, some of them you can see the kid in there. Uh, <laughs> That's great, and and I just love it. Um, it it goes and goes and goes and gives and gives and gives for me, 
and uh, I just just love it every year. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> you just you just answered it in spade. By the way, you know, Sean, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but uh, uh, Thom, uh, and my wife Thelma is here. She well, she was here. She walked out somewhere. <laughs> she, she disappeared. She, she, she doesn't believe me. me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were walking down uh, to Curry Tiba tonight, and um, you know, I, we happened to see John, and I'm, I'm like walking in, I'm like. Man, I think we really did get Santa Claus down here tonight. I mean, John, <laughs> you look the part, my man. I mean, you got the red suspenders, you got the plaid shirt, you've got the real beard, you've got the white hair. I mean, you got it going on. I mean, so I here's the real question. It's like so, so like off season, right? We're talking like July. <laughs> you ever get like a three year old walking up to you and tucking your shirt and going, Hey, Santa. I was like, I love to go to Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come around the corner and there'll be a kid there. And and I always carry stickers with me uh, in case, because candy canes got to be too much. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got stickers with me. And, um, you know, if, if they engage me, then I'll engage back and we end up <laughs> right <laughs> that's awesome that has to be actually it's probably like the best part is like off-season santa right it's like it's august you're in walmart something like that and that four-year-old's looking at you going is that really him yeah. and you're like <laughs> wink like yep don't worry I, guy <laughs> i love passing a kid and and hearing in the background mommy that was santa in the Claus. next aisle <laughs> over it's like hello santa it's like I gotta tell them what I need. It's like, I need new shoes. I need new this. I need new that. I want the new toy. Like, yeah. Stop. Yeah. No, but that's got to be the like the special part of it. You're talking about like you see like like right into their souls. There. I mean, that's a special thing about about the Christmas season, right? Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, it just it humbles me, um, um, because you know I I, I just it, they're so innocent. Yeah. Uh, and and um, and and they're there. They're really telling me their heart. <laughs> oh yeah, what they really want, and and the hard part is is I can't really do anything, but I make sure a parents there to make sure we know, <laughs> right? You can listen, you know. Yeah. What's the thing though is that that little kid is like literally their entire like like self, all of them is one hundred percent in your hands. There like, you go, because they know if 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 you know whatever they've done over the course of the year, it's 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 a gift or it's coal, right? Yeah. I've heard <laughs> the rumors, right? <laughs> and so here they are, is just like. I really am a good person, aren't I? And yeah. Like, yeah, I am. And parents are hearing it too. And, um, you know, it's like, but I really, if I don't get the toy that I want, then maybe I'm not such a great person. And they're like, no, guy, that's not, that's not that's, what this is about not, at all. Yeah. It's, 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 no, it's like, you're a really good boy. We're going to, we're going to, yeah. we're going to do what we can for you, man. And you know, don't worry, we got you covered this that's Christmas. That's exactly the way I try and leave it. Which it's, is kind uh, of like, this is what Miriam does, right? Mm-hmm. It's like for, for that sort of, that gap, right? Where the, I mean, imagine being a parent who knows that you've got you've got that kind of joy in a little kid, and it's like it's Christmas is coming, and I've been really good. I've done X, Y, or Z, and you know, you got a parent who's sitting there with maybe like like a fifty dollars trying to, to cover three to, or four kids, mm-hmm. and it's like, mm, like how do you make that? It's like you're a superhero, Miriam. This is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> I think the heroes are the community that pulls in together, together. and bands together and brings you know smiles. To all these kids, yeah, which is what Christmas is kind of all about, right? I mean, you get apart from the, the religious sentiment. Yes, we all know it's about Jesus, but like, but making that real for for like little ones, yeah, that's just kind of a, it's a privilege, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just this kind of a moment of zen. It's like, oh yeah, this is kind of cool. But uh, but you know, being able to pass that forward, not just to, to to like little kids during the year and whatnot, but like you know, giving it to parents too. It's like you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. It's more important that we're all to you know that it's people, not not presents and all that. And um, you know, or just just being able to pass that along. It's like you know, there's something more than just mindless consumerism at the heart of the season. It's something else, right? right. It's actually like being with one another and telling somebody like, it, it's great that you're here. You're valued, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and when I get time to talk to the kids, it, that's one of the big things is, are you helping out at home? Are you doing really good in school? Are you doing your best? Make sure you keep doing your best. And, and a lot of them, that's when they come down to say, okay. So have you ever gotten one where it's uh, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? And they're like, you know, I want the, the Red Ryder BB gun. And you're like, you're going to shoot your shoot eye your out, kids. Exactly. Like, have you ever gotten one of those stories behind like, somebody coming up to you and like, I, what I really want is that, that AR-15 that my daddy has. Yeah. Like, well, it, it was strange. Um, I don't remember where I was, but this little girl came up to me and I said, well, well, what do you want for Christmas? What's what's number one on your list? A gun. <laughs> and I said, "Excuse me, <laughs> you mean a little a little plastic like a squirt gun?" gun? <laughs> yeah. No, a gun. <laughs> I said, "Well, I can't help you there." That <laughs> <laughs> that just it scared me. Number one <laughs> and number two, because she was only probably nine years old, and I'm thinking, yeah. Hey, <laughs> and so I imagine Santa's like, "Where's your mom and dad so I can right. go the other way?" <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> it's like, "Where's you your should... controller?" <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, it's Northrop Grumman for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 I mean, you, you like, a, I don't want to say like a heartbreaking story, not on the sad end of it, but you've got to have all sorts of great stories in this. Which is the one that kind of like tugged at your heart the most? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> dang. You know, they, there's so many. I probably, they, yeah. They <laughs> come and they go. And, and uh, uh, there's so many things that I, I, uh, I try to get to and be in and, and be around. But uh, usually every year I get a call from Make-A-Wish. Okay. And um, But I haven't this year for, well, I did once, and then uh, the next thing I knew it was too late. Oh. Uh, but, um, you know, honestly, I, I'm in the moment when it happens, and, and I don't store it because I'm afraid that sure it, it's going to, drag me down uh, gotcha. uh but in the moment you know i'm i'm with it i'm in it and uh and i try and and make the best of it and everything and, and it usually works um but as for a real example dang i don't have one right right handy like i can't remember what i'm reading right now <laughs> i can remember the oh you, you know that's coming <laughs> But yeah, Santa yeah. listens to the New Dominion podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, uh, it 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 I, I get in the moment and um, as a whole for the whole season, I'm humbled and and um, you know I I remember as much as I can, like the parade. 
things like that. But those special moments with each kid and, and everything else, and when I can uh, pull myself away to be individual with somebody for something, I... I yeah, it, it's kind of like over and done with, and and I don't dwell on it, um, because sometimes, a lot of times, it's not going to end well. Mm. Uh, but uh, but it's fun. I try to make it fun, and and uh, I do the best I can, uh, you know, with the situation. Yeah, just because it's so important for the little ones, right? I mean, they just they, they I mean, they buy all the way into it. It's one hundred percent. I've yet to meet the five year old that's just kind sort of like, yeah, Christmas, man. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things. It's like again, it's like their whole selves are like yeah. in their hands and saying, "Please approve of me. Please tell me mm-hmm. that I'm good." And it's like, yes, you are, yeah. <laughs> not for what you do, but for who you are. It's like this is a good yeah. thing. So, question for aspiring Santas. Obviously, my beard is not as fantastic as yours. Mm. You know, we can't all be perfect. <laughs> um, but, you know, if, if somebody wanted to become Santa, or somebody wanted to kind of play that role, how? what, what advice would you have for them? How do we get started? Uh, um, um, first do you have all, to be an elf and, like, start with elf training yeah. and, like, <laughs> build up a certain amount of points? and like <laughs> That would help. Uh <laughs> You, you could, you know, and and work alongside a Santa and just observe, but I think I think the big thing is is you got to have a love of kids, hmm. and and you got to kind of be a kid yourself, um, and and that that of course will take you a long ways, but um, just just that 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 feeling that you want to be uh, one with the kids. And try and make them feel like you're really it. You're mm-hmm. the one. And uh, if you can do that, I think you're in good shape. Of course, it helps to look the part. Right. <laughs> uh, the, I started out uh, way back when um, with the fake hair and, and the beard, and I swore up and down uh, back then that I was going to have a real beard and, and be a real Santa uh, just because, <laughs> right? It uh, it it makes it easier to <laughs> to to let the kids know that he might be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I wonder. It's like yeah, a little bit. The best day is uh, when a twelve year old who his parents say he doesn't believe anymore. By the time he leaves me, he's kind of saying, he's questioning yeah. a little bit. It's like yeah. mm, maybe yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, right? <laughs> yeah. I love those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Miriam, obviously, you you are in your own way, you know, kind of play a part in all of this. What um, with your involvement in Stafford Junction, what what got you involved in all of that? What's your your origin story on this? Why why Stafford Junction? What uh, what 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 led you in your heart to like say this is what I want to do? Um, when I moved to the Stafford area about three three and a half years ago, I. I was looking for something different. I've been in government work my entire career, uh, Department of Defense, Department of State, and I just wanted to do something different. And okay. I had dabbled briefly in the nonprofit world, and uh, that's like the first one that popped up when I started looking for something to do. And So that's how Stafford Junction got lucky? It was like yeah, literally it, it was it like just, the first one in the Google It It, it, it called to me, I saw it, and I was like, well, let me give it a try. And 
I got to know the um, organization and the kids. And once you just start like working with these kids and getting to know the individual little personalities and it just kind of pulls you in kind of like, like Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, there's a, there was a, there was a book written in 2000 called Bowling Alone that talks about how Americans no longer really join things, get involved in things. So are you starting to see some of that turn? As we come out of COVID, we spent so much time alone. And I think a lot of people, myself included, you really begin to feel that loneliness, right? Have you noticed post-COVID that maybe we're starting to turn, that we're getting a little more involved, or are, you, are things about the same? What do you it, think? It's, I think it's slowly but surely taking that turn. Um, I know during COVID, we not only lost that bond or in touch with our uh, volunteers and the people, but the people that we serve, the community, it was just cut off for everyone so we had to start rebuilding those relationships with the community to say hey we're still here for you and then also with our volunteers and our supporters saying hey we need your help again so it's slowly but surely ramping up again so sean i i i think we would be remiss if we did not take this opportunity tonight to to run around the table and ask everyone or have everyone ask santa what what they most want for Christmas this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, Santa, let's see. Um, you know, I already got a computer, so you don't have to worry about that, uh, Santa. Um, obviously, you know, the, the one thing I want with Santa is, is I want to need my family back home. So um, I've got my son coming down from Mount St. Mary's. I've got one coming down from William and Mary, the other one coming down from Richmond. Um, if I get to see all of my brothers, I'd be happy as well. But that actually is what I want for Christmas. There's nothing else I want other than to have my family under one roof and warm and fed and enjoying each other's company. So do what you can, boss. I'll need your help. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But if you can, you know, smooth out the rough edges, that'd be, mm. that'd be cool. Megan, does your wish involve a better foot? <laughs> yeah. So uh, fun, fun fact for, for the listeners, I had surgery on my foot on Friday to have a bone spur removed. So that would be a good like Christmas gift. Um, but I think I echo like Sean's sentiment. I think, you know, uh, the holidays have felt kind of weird during COVID and just the last, you know, couple years in general. And so we've really tried this year to really, especially with our staff and decorating the shop and really trying to like bring that nostalgic feeling back around the holidays that has felt so different during COVID. Um, so really, I think just time with family and, you know, time with each other is, is a big one. And, you know, to, just downtime, I think, in general, to, to kind of be at peace. So, Yeah, Corey. Yeah, so um, definitely second that, but also um, a material item. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Would be nice. Um I'm always always looking to add really cool stuff to my uh, recording studio at home. So um, a Moog Matriarch, which is a uh, really cool um, uh, synthesizer. Uh, yeah, uh, nice things, real cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, you got one in that bag there. It, it might <laughs> might yeah. be elf size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it works, man. <laughs> Miriam, how about you? What are you wishing for this year? Well, since I'm sitting right in front of Santa, we w could really use some elves and from your workshop because mm -hmm. we've been wrapping presents all day long, and we'll probably do that tomorrow as well, just so we can get the logistics together and make sure all these kids get their gifts by Christmas. 
That's a good one. Sandler, what do you ask for yourself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, for myself, uh, I think rest. <laughs> um, I hope not to catch this cold that's been trying to catch me. <laughs> but other than that, I think um, helping where I can help and be helped uh, or be a help, I should say. Uh, I know our church has done a lot of stuff, and I try and be there for that. Want to give more of myself, I guess is what I'd say. Wow. Um, yeah. Marty? Marty. How about oh. Thelma? What do you guys want for Oh, Christmas? my goodness. Um, I know what I want. Thelma, you want to pop in here and say what you want? No, she's shaking her head. No, Absolutely no, no. not. She no way, Sluggo. I ain't going ain't gonna to fall in on that pee. Santa doesn't have that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I guess I so I would I would share the the family sentiment. We've got some family coming in, not all coming in at Christmas. Our daughter is flying in from Boulder. Um, Santa, you're taking up too much airspace at Christmas time, so it's cheaper to fly in January than it is in Boulder, <laughs> or than it is in uh, December. So she's flying in in December. We're looking forward to seeing her. Our son and his girlfriend will be at our house Christmas Day, which we're looking forward to. Um, but a little special wish for you, Santa. Uh, our middle child is uh, on pre-deployment leave. He's coming mm-hmm. up um, Christmas Eve. He'll be with us. Um, and um, in come January, he's going to be in some dangerous places. So... Mm-hmm. Um, some thoughts and prayers, prayers your way for him definitely. would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. See, is it kind of cool? Like, even as adults, we're still into it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we're still into it. So, so like, well, Marty, you've, you've got a book there. Are we are we, are we up to the point where it's like, hey, like, Marty, what, what are we so, reading, man? So we are. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it just a little bit now. We're going to ask everybody what they're reading. But I actually want to start off with something. Sean, um, you know, one of the things, it's been such a remarkable year. Uh, for for me and I, I believe for Sean as well, it's just been it's it started out really bad and things have turned out really well, uh, which just goes to show the power of hope and the power of giving and the power of community. Uh, amazing things happen when those three things combine. And early on, uh, when when Sean and I were really getting to know each other, and we're kind of infamous and Thelma will attest to that um, for these marathon phone calls uh, that we have, which led to the new Dominion podcast because Sean said, man, we got to record these conversations. <laughs> but, but early on, Sean, um, I told you about uh, my favorite poet, um, Fred Chapel, who, um, uh, who my son Austin is, is named after. Uh, his middle name is Chapel, but two P's and two L's. And I told you about a book uh, called Rivers uh, with a wonderful poem called Grandma Washes Her Feet. Um, and so, Sean, I was able to find a, a copy of Rivers, and so oh, cool. Merry Christmas to you. Well, thank you, you very much. I hope you enjoy that. I will, and um, uh, I, hope it, I hope it brings you as much joy as it's brought me uh, over the many years that I've been I've been reading uh, Fred Chapel. Wonderful. Uh, well, thank you very much. That's very kind. I appreciate a, that. He's a marvelous guy, um, and uh, yeah, I guess with that we can kind of kick off. So, um, Santa, I know you're busy. <laughs> reading instruction manuals on how to put together toys with 87 batteries and 97 connections and more connects toys than we know what to do with. But but are you reading anything right now besides weather reports? Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's a Tom Clancy novel, and I just... Dead of Honor comes to mind, but I know it's not that. Uh, it's one of the later ones that after he passed, Mark Greeny. Uh, is is the author um, 
with Tom Clancy in his head or something. Okay. And uh, but it's really good, but it's slow. It's not like the old Tom Clancy novels. <laughs> and uh, um, so it it it's been slow, and I'm I read a couple pages, and the next thing I know, I'm asleep. So oh. um, it it's pretty good, but it's not as engaging as as I'd like. Sounds like Tom needs some better elves. He does. He does. He, <laughs> you know, I think I have a first edition Naval Academy Press Hunt for October. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, that's gift. worth some money. It was it was a gift. It was like here you will appreciate this better than anybody. I started reading Tom Clancy when I was an itty bitty guy. Yep. And I instantly hooked. Instantly hooked. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Tom yeah, Clancy yeah. was a fantastic writer. So wow. Megan, Corey, what are y'all reading? Um, so I haven't made my way through too much um, from last week just because I've been kind of down and out the last couple of days with surgery. But um, I am still working through the book that I brought up last week, uh, Genocide and the Politics of Memory, um, by a former professor of mine, uh, Dr. Herb Hirsch, um, who, you know, I know we talked quite a bit about that, about mentorship. And, you know, I think a lot this time of year, especially talking about giving, I know that doesn't seem like a very like giving topic, but, um, he gave so much to me and my path in life. Um, so just another kind of ode to that, still working my way through that one again. All right, Corey, what you reading, man? Uh, I'm still working through, um, Orion Grimm's, uh, book, uh, the squad. Um, it's been really interesting so far. It talks a lot about all the different squad members, and they're not actually really that much of a squad. <laughs> it's just kind of like a kind of an up. ad hoc sort of yeah, exactly. grouping. But, yeah, it, there, obviously there are some things that they come together on, but there, there's a lot of stuff that they really don't agree on. And um, I think the the progressive label, I mean, for the most part, it's really just a label. It's not even really a it's not a real like political principle, really. <laughs> right. It's really just about oh, I align myself under these things that this particular group of people that I think cares about it or whatever but um it's been really interesting to just listen to uh just kind of him go a little bit deeper into the um the strategy of how the modern you know democratic you know the younger side of the democratic party is trying to uh gain support in the people driven support um i just think it's just a really really fascinating story that all these different people that have come from all these different places have come to this country and also been born here uh, here and otherwise right and they are trying to and they've all figured this thing out that we can actually get a lot done with with you know with without having to rely on big money donors we can actually move things with with uh with people who really care about the subjects mm-hmm. um and it's just uh, just really interesting cool yeah. good stuff you're up so since i've stepped into this executive director role i have not had a lot of time (laughs) but i can tell you the last book that i do remember um actually was a series my uh, i'm a big stephen king fan and my husband got me this really nice set of the dark tower so i was able to reread some of the older books and then make my way through all the way to the end of the series and um it was fun just kind of rereading all that. And at the end, I got to donate it to the Fredericksburg Bookmobile. So that was oh. nice. Oh, very nice. Well done. Hey, hey, did you ever read The Institute? I have not. Yeah, that's the last Stephen King book I read. It was, it was weird, but it was good. 
A lot of weird with Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> He's a really good Southern, like 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 the Green Mile and things like that. that. That's I appreciate more of that. But you get to like the stand. I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> Sean, how about you? All right, so I am reading a book entitled uh, "For the People, for the Country." It's Patrick Henry's final political battles by John Ragosta, and he starts out with a letter from from George Washington to Patrick Henry, who's pretty much in retirement. He's done with his political career, um, but Jefferson is riding hard against John Adams, and they've got the Virginia and Kentucky resolves against the Alien Sedition Acts. And so, the, the for those who aren't familiar, the Alien Sedition Acts are pretty much like, if you speak against the government, we can throw you in jail. Um, Thomas Jefferson and James Madison's response to this is the Virginia and Kentucky resolves, which means that the states can can reject federal law if they deem it to be unconstitutional. Um, Washington, who is also in retirement, doesn't like this, and so he summons Jefferson's longtime nemesis, Patrick Henry, to rise to the occasion and push back against the Virginia resolves um, and the Jeffersonian Republicans at the time. Um, he dies shortly thereafter. This is his last, like, literal, like, like political coda, right? This is this is it for for Patrick Henry, um, and in some degree, of course, it's also it for for Washington, who passes away uh, that year as well. Um, fascinating book so far um kind of a bit of a slog it's all in like four point font so you gotta kind of plow through clearly somebody's dissertation but um a fascinating read so far and it's actually really good i'm really enjoying it cool so yeah. that's one i gotta pick up all right marty what uh, you reading man so i'm reading two right now um i'm reading a book called fear itself uh and both of these i found uh, just last weekend at our favorite bookstore right down the street riverby books riverby books uh can't plug that place enough um, I, I figure, Sean, between you and me, we probably finance um, a hefty chunk of um, mm-hmm. what goes on down if there. If I'm not walking out of there with three books, I'd consider it a <laughs> failure. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but um, I'm reading a book called Fear Itself. It's a new interpretation of the, it's, it's, a, it's a new interpretation of the New Deal. It's written by a sociologist, but it's written as a history book. Um, it's interesting. The, the basic thesis is he wants to take the New Deal beyond uh, FDR all the way to the start of the Eisenhower administration. And I think that's a good argument to be made for that. Um, his, his main argument is that we have underplayed the role of fear in, in, in interpreting uh, the New Deal, that it comes in on this, you know, with, with FDR as the only thing to fear, fear itself. By 36, FDR says, no, we've conquered fear and it's gone. And his argument is, no, we we really underestimate that. The issue I have with the book right now is that it's pure intellectual history, right? It's what's going on at the faculty level. It's what's going on in the great universities. Um, And having spent a good chunk of my life in the university, look, fear drives them, right? So I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure I, I, I buy into the argument all that much. The other thing that I'm reading is this two volume set that I found. Um, at River Bay, it's called Reporting Civil Rights, Ooh. and it is um, it is a collection of news reporting from magazines and newspapers all across the country. The first piece is the opening call for the March on Washington in 1941. Ooh, neat. Okay, which I had no idea about. Right, I didn't know that. And huh. it it was a call for the March on Washington, and it was basically called around uh, giving African Americans access to the Defense Department uh, to give them access, equal access to government contracting jobs in the defense industry. Because, you know, and, and so I'm reading this thing and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't ever remember Marshall in Washington in 1941. And then I get to the next article that I read uh, from the American Prospect that says, um, 
why the March on Washington didn't happen. And so now I'm all abuzz and looking forward to kind of continue reading through this thing. I, I kind of want to figure out, uh, did Martin Luther King know about the 1941 um, letter? My, my guess is he probably did. Uh, but I'm looking forward to learning more about that. But also sort of reading these firsthand accounts of the civil rights movements from the 1940s all the way up through the 1970s. Oh, neat. Yeah, I sub- it's a Library of America edition. I subscribe to that. Um, but I definitely need to... Uh, one of the difficult things with the Library of America thing is that you, it's so difficult to actually tell them what you want. So I keep getting like some off-the-wall author that I've never even heard of. It's like, no, 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 just give me the cool stuff. Give me Jefferson's writings and like reporting civil rights. That would be fantastic in the, in the you know, it's it's like pulling teeth. And they haven't really discovered the internet yet other than subscriptions. <laughs> so, Well, Which, the thing, I, I mean, it was literally sitting on the shelf and I'm like, Man, what is that? Now, I guess Mar- I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I got to buy this thing. This I guess Martin awesome. Luther King would have been in his teens in, in, the, in 1941, in the right? 19, 1941, when did he graduate Boston University? I, it was the 1940s, I think. Really? Okay, so that, that would have been right then. He'd probably been a teenager then. Um, a little older, I think. Okay. A little okay. older, I think. Because okay. um, he was, you know, at the head of the... Um, at the head of the Montgomery bus movement in the early 1950s. Sure. And he was just out of BU at that point. Okay. So, so he's well, probably late, early 20s. Okay. Early okay. mid 20s. Yeah. 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 So it would write it right, you know, close to his intellectual formation then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So interesting. Huh. Cool. So, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I'm having a lot of fun reading, reading those two things. Nice. So, wow. Sean. What a year. What a year. And and this, unless we, we do this next week, which uh, I mean, we probably will, probably won't. I don't know. Um, we're running out the end of, our, of, of season one. We, we are at the end of season one. And like you often say, who to thunk? Who to thunk? Yeah, it's been kind of cool. Kind of wild ride. It's, it's been a wild ride. And, and oh, my goodness, the year ahead. Uh, oh, even, yeah, future's so bright. Got to wear shades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it really does. And, uh, you know, one of the great joys of this year was meeting Miriam and getting to know about Stafford Junction. And, and Miriam, um, I know from talking to Leanne uh, that um, the Fredericksburg Advance and Stafford Junction are going to be having a lot more conversations this year. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to uh, not um, not uh, have Sean write please at the last minute that, again, thanks to our great readers, um, you know, came through for you guys, but we're hoping to kind of get in with you guys a little bit earlier and help you take some of the pressure off that last minute, um, that last minute rush to the holidays to make sure that this guy over here, John, has got plenty in his sleigh mm-hmm. to drop off to those kids in Stafford, those well-deserving kids. Um, you know, so we look forward to working with you and, and John, I look forward to seeing you uh, on the streets of Fredericksburg and in Walmart and uh, <laughs> wherever else Santa Claus may be hopping around uh, the city of Fredericksburg. They're talking about next year letting me stroll again, and, and I love that. Cool. Oh, and I oh. can up and down Caroline and, and William Street and well, in and out the stores. It's well, great. nice. There's, uh, there, there's, all the, uh, there's all the incentive you need to be downtown next year in the stores and Definitely. at the parade and seeing Santa on the job. Here you go. Pretty amazing. <laughs> wow. So uh, we may or may not be back next week, Sean. I don't think we've really decided that one yet. We'll see, I guess. Um, Certainly somebody in Virginia will do something stupid that will force us to, <laughs> to, to always, present the full weight of our intellect um, well, against and, the, the well, forces of, of doom. The way that we started off this this night, right? Um, you know, Spotsylvania, the gift that just keeps giving. Gosh, uh, so They just calm down <laughs> and just celebrate Christmas for a while, right? And not do stupid things. <laughs> Um, but that's all right. You know, what would the world be without uh, 
what would the world be without it? So if we are back next week, we look forward to seeing you then. Otherwise, we'll see you in the new year. Uh, but regardless, we wish everyone out there uh, the very happiest of holidays, a warm and uh, family-centered um, Christmas, uh, a, a time of, of rest and relaxation and peace and family. And, um, you know, again, from, uh, from me and Sean to, to Corey and to Megan, uh, my goodness, uh, two greater gifts we could not have found um, this year. Um, you have just meant so much to us. You've been so key to everything that has happened. And, uh, wow, Christmas came early when we met you folks. Well, that feeling's very mutual. Thank you guys for everything. It's been a great year with you. Yeah, it's been quite awesome. And, you know, once again, another good night of, you know, talking with people in the community. Um, you know, it was, I was thinking about this earlier, just with all the craziness that's going on, the work that Miriam is doing, and even the work that you do, John, there's a lot of strife in our community. There's a lot of things that are happening to people that's really no fault of their own. And regardless of what is going on politically, um, economic strife is going to touch us all. It doesn't care what your political affiliations are. It doesn't really care about what your personal principles are. Just sometimes your bad things happen to good people. And if the community spent more time taking care of each other than pitting itself against each other, for things that really in the long in the long term really don't even matter um we would be much better for it and talking about what people are trying to do to contribute positively um is uh is something that i think it's really important to put out there and with everything that is going on there are definitely more important news things that's happening that you guys could be talking about tonight but always trying to center the community is always really important and I really find it an honor to work with people that really care about what they talk about. They they practice what they preach. Um, so it is nothing but joy yeah. <laughs> to work with you guys because I know what I'm getting. I know where you're coming from. Um, and it's honest. And we don't we all don't always agree on everything. But I do know that it is coming from the utmost respect. And I just wanted you guys to know how much Megan and I respect you guys and everything that you've been doing, and we're really proud to be a part of this process. Oh, that's uh, oh, shucks. wow, my gosh, that's uh, that's a heavyweight. It's the to old care. Uh, James Baldwin quote: "Is that the, the 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 world really is held together by the passion of a very few people, um, and that's kind of what makes this this thing work, right? It's uh, it makes a lot of what we're doing work. So, thank you very much for letting us be a part of that, and for for being a part of it yourselves. It means well, a thank lot. Thank you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. Not a problem." Well, from everyone here at the New Dominion Podcast and from Miriam and Santa Claus and uh, Corey and Megan, and of course, my partner, Sean, um, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas, and we look forward to seeing you either next week or in the new year. Either way, be safe, be warm, and uh, be well. Take care of each other. There you go. All right.